This is Audrey Biggs, and this is my podcast, A Big Story, brought to you by Rise Up Sports Media. A Big Story is a platform to highlight women and the rise of female athletics and expand the limits. I'll be sitting down and talking to those invested in growing women's sports. We have shared space with other genders for long enough. It's now time for us to blaze a trail of our own. A Big Story, brought to you by Rise Up Sports Media, with me, your host, Audrey Biggs. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of A Big Story with Audrey Biggs, brought to you by Community Trust Bank. I'm Audrey, your host, and I'm so honored to welcome legendary basketball star Jennifer George onto our latest episode four. Jennifer, thank you so much for coming on air today with me. No, of course. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to have um, great conversations and just to talk all things hoops and, and great stuff. Yes, ma'am. I mean, your your story is definitely one for the books. You've accomplished just so many things in your career on and off the court, and you're just continuing to use that platform that you've created for yourself to pave the way for women in sports. And, you know, that's that's why I think it's a great opportunity for us to, you know, be talking on the phone right now. So let's let's just start all the way from the beginning in your journey um, at Bishop Moore High School in Orlando, Florida. You know, this is this is where your career really began to take off. You know, starting your junior year, you know, you led your team to a 4A state championship and turned around and did it again your senior year. In 2009, you were voted to be a McDonald's All-American Game nominee. With the stats, achievements, and, you know, just the player you are, I would have to guess that you were getting recruited pretty heavily out of, out of high school. So just talk to me about all these milestones and the recruiting process throughout your high school career. Yeah, I mean, uh, back then it was – you know, obviously simpler times with social media not being a big force, but Mm -hmm. I actually was committed my sophomore year to University of South Florida. Um, Back then, I just didn't necessarily want to go through the recruiting uh, rigors of college coaches calling you, you know, having to basically sell you their university. And I thought I could kind of avoid all of that and (laughs) commit early. (laughs) Yes. And, um, And, you know, shortly after... I kind of just decided that I probably made a, a bit of a eager decision and kind of decommitted from USF. And then shortly after that, um, I got a call from Amanda Butler from University of Florida. <laughs> wow. And, um, but it wasn't, it definitely wasn't an easy road. A lot of people don't know this, but I actually um, got, I think it was an unofficial visit. I was sat in their conference room. And it was right before my last summer um, playing AU. And she basically said, you have to show me that you want to be a Gator. Oh, and, my gosh. Um, so, yeah. So, that was the talk right before going into wow. July. And, um, you know, I guess pressure can, can uh, I think that saying is pre- not pressure breaks pipes, but there's also <laughs> pressure makes diamonds. <laughs> so, um, I had the one of the best summers. Um for me personally, and mm-hmm. I was shortly after offered a scholarship to the University of Florida. Wow, what what an amazing you know story you have right there. You know, just with the recruiting process, like you said, it it is really stressful. You know, like you've gone through it, I've gone through it, and um, it, it takes a lot, and it's just a big decision to make at such a young age. And I just think that you know it, it's cool that you you chose to stay home and play for your home state. 
you know, because like I said, you were an amazing high school athlete and I'm sure you had, you know, all the schools knocking at your door, wanting to, you know, come to the, come to their school. But, you know, I just want to know what the transition like, you know, was from high school to college and how you kind of adjusted, you know, once you walked on the Florida's campus and coach got a hold of you and just talk, talk me through that part. Well, it really started the summer before I got onto campus. So um, you're going to get this as well. Your your strength and conditioning coach is going to send you a packet. And I made it a point to make sure that I was in the best shape of my life. So yes, I, that's T, what I've heard. Yes, to a T, I listened to that, um, that packet that was given to me. And so once I got onto campus, I'll never forget, I mean – not say, I'm not saying it was easy because my strength coach probably would still call me today and, and probably maybe cuss me out. But <laughs> um, I didn't have that big hurdle physically wise um, that most freshmen have converting to, especially like the SEC. Um, right. I was pretty strong. I made sure I was, you know, in shape and I'm already pretty fast as it is. So um, just getting the um, the kind of the legs under me, I'm getting used to the speed, right? Like when you transition from high school to, to, um, college, it's not necessarily apart, apart from the physical aspect of it. It's the speed of the game, right? Making decisions right. at a fast mm-hmm. pace. Um, and so for me, that was maybe, um, not much of a transition, um, based off of where I came from and the system I was at Bishop Moore. I think it was a great, and my AU team, it was, um, not as tough of a transition when it came to, getting the plays and also obviously as a as a freshman it's you're going to make mistakes you're going to be um you know you're going up against 18 to 23 year old or 22 year old so there's going to be that level of just transition but um overall I think my first game we played sets and I scored 21 points and so that was my wow. first um little like oh like yeah this isn't as bad as I thought I, <laughs> but I think it became it was because of you know preparing my body I prepared um, with just the plays and the coaches and making sure that I was, you know, mentally IQ wise prepared at that level. Yeah, I think definitely being ahead of the game, you know, before you walk on campus like that is definitely going to, you know, set the great one, great ones apart from the good ones. Because, you know, if you're out of shape, the basketball skills, that, that doesn't matter because you can't do anything with them. But, um, you know, like you said, your freshman year going into there, you, you didn't think it was as hard as you know, you may have thought it was, but it shows because you ended up being um, a member of the SEC all-freshman team and, you know, ended up scoring over a 1,000 points and collecting over 800 rebounds. But the most impressive accolade to me was being selected to the 2013 all-SEC defensive team your senior year. What, I mean, what do you have to say about that? Because to me, defense is, is one of those hustle things. You know, a lot of people just, you know, Forget about that. And it's the little details like rebounding and defense that, you know, get your teams to the championships and that creates the offense. Audrey, you might just have become my favorite person. That <laughs> <laughs> does me like, honestly, that is my favorite out of all the accolades I've had. Um, one of the favorites I've accomplished yes. with all defense because defensive or defense is near and dear to my heart. And I felt like I, I, one got to Florida with my defense because realistically high school, I wasn't the the greatest offensive player. I didn't have any offensive skills at all, honestly, to begin with, but <laughs> I was able to develop that. I mean, a lot, shout out to my post coach, coach Mock is the head coach at um, Eastern. I'm going to butcher this. 
I'm going to say she's up in Tennessee. She's up in Tennessee because I'm thinking on where she's at. There we go. There we go. Yeah. But yeah, she she definitely um, add a lot of skills offensively, but defense is always near and dear because like you said, it's effort, right? So, you know, rebounding wise, it's between me and you and I'm not going to let you get that ball, right? And being able to block shots, like all the stuff that's near and dear and steals on the perimeter. Um, But yeah, I had pride. I had pride in my defense and for that to be um, seen my senior year was probably one of my favorite accomplishments yeah that's that's what I was saying because I you know I was doing my research and I was like man you know being able to score that many points and then you know be on the SEC all freshman team and then you know to the um, SEC second team honorable mention your senior year I mean and getting offense or defensive team I just think that's that's crazy because you know that's that's a two-side player to me and you're just getting it done all over the court. But, you know, as far as off the court and academics, you majored in recreation event management. So what made you take this kind of path and what did you plan on doing with it? Uh, to be honest, uh, I, I, not, I didn't necessarily know. And I, I, liked, I knew I liked planning events or I knew I liked being a planner. Mm-hmm. I just didn't have necessarily an idea. I actually started my career at Florida as a criminology major. Um, wow. and then I thought I wanted to be, I didn't think I wanted to be a cop, but I wanted to be something in, you know, I watched a lot of Law and Order SVU. That really was probably my, <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, that was it. That what guided me through that. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I took a lot of courses. I had really no idea. And I think that's also why I played, um, right after college is because I still didn't know what I wanted to do. I just knew I had a degree and I was like, yes, I made that part a, a reality and now I'll just figure it out from here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, after that, you know, in the 2013 WNBA draft, the Indi- the Indiana Fever selected you in the third round as the 33rd overall pick. Just, you know, run me through that whole experience because, you know, you're, you're graduating college, you've got your, your degree and then all of a sudden, you're you're back in, on the court running with the Indiana Fever, um, and just tell me tell me what that whole experience was about to play in the WNBA. Well, it's interesting because like you go through high school, right, and you're going through the recruiting process for college, and then you kind of have that similar same thing when you're going to professional, right? So you have to interview agents, and so it's now you're kind of flipping it. Well, I guess similar when you're in recruiting for high school or college, you're, you're interviewing the college coaches as well to see if it's a good fit. It's the same thing. You have to interview agents to see who's going to really fight for me for these jobs. Cause you got to think once you leave college, you're not just fighting against yourself. You're fighting or not fighting, fighting against people in your class that you're leaving the same year. But I mean, basically everyone else that plays basketball mm-hmm. <laughs> there's when you're playing at least like overseas, you have only two Americans so um, spots get really tight. So oh, you wow. really, yeah. So those are the things that <laughs> people know about really, that. That really, yeah, that they don't really talk about. And so it will depending on the budget of the professional team, but more or less, it's usually just two because the overseas players, aka the Americans, are the highest paid. So mm-hmm. if you're paying both Americans X amount of money, you just have the local players who they get paid less than you. Huh. Um, Interesting. Yeah. So, so things get really tight, right? The, the competition is high. And once you go trying to be a professional, um, so you have to pick an agent is super important because if they have a roster, a bunch of WNBA players, there's a good chance they're going to get placed first. And then everyone else kind of gets placed after depending on what that other professional team needs anyway, but that's going through a whole different um, topic, but, but yeah, so going through that, um, I picked an agency and 
going into the Indiana Fever uh, uh, camp, it was super. I mean, I don't think I I could script a better um, experience for me. I had Tamika Catchings was I think three lockers down, Brian January, and then also Marissa Coleman. I think the coolest part for me was just seeing the work ethic of Tamika Catchings, and this is someone that. I mean, most of us have watched and her stats and accomplishments that she's had through college and in the pros is just astounding. And I think we talk about effort and defense. Like she's one of those players that, you know, you're not going to outwork on the court. Mm-hmm. And so just being able to see just the behind the scenes of what goes into someone of her stature and how she attacks practice and how she just, she's some of, you know, she at that point was in league for a minute and she's still, I mean, just the, the lack of better term effort that she put into everything that she did was really cool to watch. Um, That's awesome. That that's awesome to be in the, in the same locker room at that, you know, as, as someone as, as her skill level and just the person that she is and to just watch her and have her as a role model for you. I mean, that's, that, that sets apart from right there. But um, I mean, like you said, that's, that's a great experience for you. Um, but you mentioned you played overseas. Um, so how is that compared to playing here in the States? It's different. It's a different game. Um, a little bit different, just small things in the rules with, you know, your dribble and how you could put the ball down right before. Um, so there were some transition issues, not issues, but transition points for me, just for yeah. some time getting called for travels. Um, but <laughs> it's, it's just, it, it's cool, right? It's a, it's a cool experience because there's, for me personally, I don't think I would have ever went over to Spain um, and just visited, right? Like, I, to be able to right. go to a different country and get paid for it, uh, I was like, well, this is, like, I probably will never do, like, this is probably not going to happen. Right. Anymore. I mean, it's an experience <laughs> It's an experience in itself to go, you know, leave the country and, and, you know, live on your own somewhere else. I mean, you, like you said, you wouldn't just sign up for, you know, random reason to travel there, but to play to play basketball over there is really cool and um, that's just an experience in itself yeah the it's funny the so the first time I went over there I had two seasons in Spain I went I got off the plane and you know you think this is my first time going international and you you I've watched a lot of movies and you you land and there's a sign and someone's standing behind there with your name in it. And I'm thinking like, that's going to be me. Like, I'm going to get off this plane. Someone's going to have George on it and it's going to be a fairy tale. I get off the plane. I think I waited for an hour. And I hadn't seen anybody. So now I'm like, I'm in the airport. I'm texting oh my, my agent. I'm texting my coach. Like, yo, I'm about to get right back on this plane. Like, where is it? I can't see anybody. I don't have, and like, you know, you're in a different country. So you can't just call, you know, he's got right. to Wi-Fi, you're on WhatsApp. Um, so yeah, it was, it wasn't a great start. And I definitely really considered like my life, <laughs> my life decisions. <laughs> like, why am I here? And, and then like three hours late. So that's a total of four hours I waited. And I, my, my college coach who she played in WNBA, Muriel Page, um, she had said, okay, they're coming um just gotta wait it out and so I waited four hours and they had to wait for the other American player that was coming that's why I had to wait so long and we find I finally found the person that was supposed to pick us up and then we drove a little three hours to where I played my first city in Lyon 
And yeah, that was the start of my overseas journey. Wow. So it was very interesting to say the what least. A, yeah, what a great start to a an overseas career. <laughs> that's 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 funny. But um, you know, talking we've talked about the past. Now let's talk about the present time and talk about how you're now using the platform that basketball has gave you. And let's just start by talking talking about greens for hoops. Um, if you just want to, you know, start explaining, explaining what that is. Yeah. So greens for hoops is our inaugural, my foundation girls bass worldwide, our inaugural golf celebrity scramble. Um, it's next year, April 11th to the 12th in 2024. Um, our proceeds, we're going to refurbishing a court in majesty gardens, Jamaica. Um, that's where my foundation, we do work in Jamaica, Kingston, Jamaica, mostly of the past two years. And it's something near and dear to my heart. Um, I played for the Jamaican national team uh, up until 2018. So um, it's just important for me to be able to go back there and do good work and continue growing the game in the Caribbean. That's that's awesome. I mean, honestly, um, I'm on your website right now. And one of the facts that you have listed down is um, more than 40% of girls drop out of sports after middle school due to a lack of self-confidence and opportunities provided to them. And I took that and I just wanted to run with it because the opportunities part is a huge thing. I mean, um, you look at girls like me and you and, you know, we we've had opportunities, you know, um, we've worked for it. But, um, you know, came from good families and some girls or um, women don't don't have those opportunities and, um, you know, to travel the world or, you know, play the sport that they love. And I think that you're you're really helping those girls out. And I think it's, it's awesome what you're doing. I think that you kind of hit it on the head. Um, especially from like my story self, like I went, I was very fortunate. I went to a private school. Um, even in high school, I had a strength coach off, you know, outside of school. And then I also Mm -hmm. had a speed, I had a speed coach. So I had two separate coaches, um, that helped me again, prepare me for college. And so those are opportunities that not everybody can get or to afford. And I'm super grateful for it. And so I think that drives me even more to be able to give back just so, you know, people in under underserved communities can get a look at, or an idea and resource and opportunities to get to, you know, not just about, it's not just about basketball, right? Like, Basketball, if you want to make a D1, awesome, right? Like, we can help you get there. I have right. people in my network that have made it to that that level and can develop and mentor young girls. But it's more about what sports can do to the young girl, right? So a lot of times yes. add on with social media and, like, just the pressures of this day and age, you know, being able to understand body image, nutrition, you know, health, health is wealth, movement is medicine. So getting people to be more active, which helps them not only obviously on the court or their perspective or respective sport, but in the, in the classroom. Right? right. So, and then obviously we all know that athletes are usually the ones that are more, are more uh, preferred in the corporate world because you have played on the team. You have been around people that might not have come from different backgrounds. So you're used to working with people, your work ethic's pretty high, depending on what level you get to. So just in all in all, just making sure that young girls don't necessarily stop playing sports because there's no girls programs. It's just boys. And maybe you don't have the confidence back then. So you usually quit. So just making sure we are able to provide, um, provide opportunities and just use the game of basketball to just teach more than just what sports is, but life skills. 
Yeah, I, I think it's amazing what you're doing. And it's even amazing what basketball can just do for others. You know, at the end of the day, it really is just a sport. But it is amazing how, you know, basketball can bring others together others together and, you know, create opportunities and help help you travel the world and see things. I, I just look at it that way. And, you know, I'm I'm a person as and basketball is um basketball is what I do. It's not, you know, who I am. And I think that, you know, that's kinda what Greens for Hoops is kinda, you know, talking about and helping helping share the the word about, you know, girls basketball and um helping it, you know, expand. And I think it's awesome. But now that you've found your way back into the basketball world, um, but you're just on the other side of it, sharing your knowledge as a strength and conditioning coach at the college level for Rollins women's basketball. Tell me about how this opportunity became. Yeah. So is that, I was already at uh, Bishop Moore Catholic, my alma mater as the director of sports performance. And I got a call from the assistant coach, Courtney Berry and they had just uh, lost their strength coach. She was moving, and she um, just wanted to see if I was interested in it, um, you know, if I had the time. And I, I'm already at a full-time position for Bishop Moore Catholic. And at first, I honestly was like, I don't think I could. Like, there's no way. There's no way I can balance, <laughs> um, you know, Bishop Moore plus, you know, a college women's basketball program. But some part of me, I don't know, I think as a strength coach – well, I back that up. As a strength coach that played basketball at the Division One level, um, I think it's just nowadays it's very much attainable just to have one sport, right? So that's yes. women's basketball. You're seeing a lot more in the Power Five, um, high major basketball that strength coaches aren't just bout, um, juggling four or five sports. It's like women's basketball is just solely a position. Mm-hmm. So I think now that that is a thing, you know, the opportunity to just focus on women's basketball, which obviously is near and dear to my heart. I, I was like, you right. know, I got to try, right? Like I, I got to see if I can handle everything. And if I can't, then at least I tried and I said I can't. But I guess I live my life as like, I'm just going to do everything I want to do in life and see what sticks. And if it doesn't, then at least, you know, like I won't have any regrets in life. So that's what I did. I, I took it on last year's my first year. Um, it's definitely a lot during season time because I mm-hmm. try to be involved a lot in the um, Bishop Moore girls basketball, apart from obviously leading the rest of the strength and conditioning for our 19 other sports. But, right. uh, but yeah, I mean, it's a lot, but I can handle it. I found that I could handle last year and I'm going into year two and excited to see what, um, what the Tars can do this season. Wow. Well, good for you. That's that's awesome. And it would be great to have you as a coach just because, you know, you've been there, you've done that. And, you know, I can just tell that you really took pride in, you know, not only on the court, but off the court, getting your body ready, um, you know, while while you were in college and, you know, even leading up to that. And it's awesome to just, you know, be able to share, share what you know about about that stuff with um, young women like like myself. Um, but that's, that's awesome. Um, but with that being said, I don't want to, don't want to take up too much more of your time. I just wanted to thank you so much for joining me today. It really was a pleasure, um, getting to talk to you and learn more about your story because you're such a great role model for me and many other young women trying to make an impact for girls in sports. Um, so yeah, I just, I thought it was awesome that, you know, you could join me today. No, of course. This is a great conversation. And I actually, not actually, I do look forward to just following your journey. And, and obviously I have one more season 
in high school, but I'll definitely be keeping track of, of your progress uh, moving forward into the next level. Yeah, of course. Well, um, This episode of A Big Story is brought to you by Community Trust Bank.